Well, let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. We started a series back in November called Abounding in Love, and then you know, we continued to December, and then Christmas came, and then you know, we've been getting going on, on a few different things on Wednesdays this year, so we're going to re-hook with that series. You know, we're not at all done with that. There's so much to cover, and you know, of course, we'll unhook when we're done. You can't, we're not going to, I mean, you'd be preaching on this for the rest of our lives if... And we still wouldn't exhaust it if, we, if we're trying to exhaust it. That's not going to happen. Uh, but we go as much as we need to, and then we unhook and go to the next thing. So how do you know when you're done? Well, we believe that we just be led by God, and when, we get, when we're ready to unhook, we unhook. But we're not done with this, so we're, we're getting back into it. So 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12. It says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Verse 12 says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. Abound, it means to overflow. Abound means to burst. It means to bulge. It means to brim. It means too much. And so, this is a prayer you can pray for yourself, for other people. It says, abound that you may increase and abound in love to one another and to all. And verse 13 says, So that He may establish your hearts. Now we're going to come back and, and touch on, on that uh, and that concept. But so that He may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all the saints. And they amplified the same verses Say, and may the Lord cause you to increase and excel and overflow in love for one another and for all people, just as we also do to you, so that He may strengthen and establish your hearts with blame and holiness in the sight of our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all His saints. Philippians 1, 9 It says, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Verse 9 says that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. In the Amplified Classic, same verse, of verse 9 says, This I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. So abounding in love, like we said, is to overflow with love. It's not just a little bit of love. It's abounding. It, it is overflowing. That means you have a full supply. You don't run out. It's not just a little bit, it's a lot. You know, opposites for abound are lack, need, want. Well, if you're not abounding in love, then you're wanting in love. You're lacking in love. Well, that's, that's not abounding. That's, that's complete opposite. When you don't have enough to meet the situation, then you're in lack. You know, it doesn't matter if you have 
half a million dollars, if you need a million, you're lacking. Right? If you got half a billion and you need three billion, you're lacking. Abounding is, doesn't matter if, you know, you need $10 and you got a hundred or you need a thousand and you have 20,000, you're abounding then. Doesn't matter, I mean, if, if, you're, if you got more than enough, then you're overflowing. That's the definition of abounding. Well, with love, if you don't have enough to meet the situation, doesn't mean if it's a little bit. I mean, it's just a little bit of love and you don't have it, you're lacking. Doesn't matter if you, you think, I'm walking in love a lot, but you need more <laughs> and you lose it, you were lacking. We want to abound in love and overflow. Love represents God in any situation because God is love. It says in, in we're not going to turn to it, but 1 John 4 verse 8, around there, it says God is love. Well, if you're walking in love, if you're flowing in love, then you are doing what God would be doing. That is, God, that is love. You're flowing with Him. It's that simple. What would Jesus do? You know, you had those bracelets. How long ago was that? I mean, I know it goes around in circles. You book that's like really old, you say that. But then, I mean, even before that, but then, you know, this stuff comes back, but they had the, the what, WWJD bracelets. Well, you could, you could put love there. Now, not love like the world thinks love is, but what God's love, God's kind of love, who He is, what He would do would be love. And we talked about uh, some of that last week, or not last week, but the last time we, we, we touched base on that, so the last message in the series, part four, what, what does love do? I can't remember what we titled it, but something like that, you know. What, what does love look like or what does it do? And it's not mamby-pamby like, oh, you know, just whatever, run over me, you know, I, I'm walking in love. No, it's not that. We looked at examples. What Jesus did was love. There's examples of love, but it, it's bold, but it's still love. And what we do in any situation is essentially the heart of God. What would He do? Love is not acceptance. Now we're reviewing a little bit, getting into this, uh, rehooking. We're not going to cover everything, so if you missed the earlier sessions, I encourage you to go back and listen to those. These will mean more to you, but you're going to get plenty out of these, too. You don't need to have heard the other ones. That's why we kind of review and hook up, make sure everybody's connected. Doesn't doesn't do any good to run away if people aren't connected, you know? That's, well, we're going on. If, nobody's, if you're not with us, then we might as well stop, right? And get everybody connected, now we can go somewhere. Love is not acceptance. See, the world... They, they try to make it so that, you know, if you love me, you accept me. Well, I might love you, but I don't know that. I mean, I accept everything you do. I don't have to accept your sin. I don't have to accept, you know, your crazy ideas. But I can, I can still love you. I mean, isn't that the way God is? God doesn't say, he, he, he is love, but He doesn't accept just anything. He doesn't accept... There's nothing that will make a way to the Father except the blood of Jesus. And yet God loves the world, but He can't be like, oh, you believe that? Well, okay, come on. It's not, it's not a game. It's not like God is saying, you know, uh, I'm choosing. There is only one payment that's acceptable. 
that, it, that has been made, and that's the blood of Jesus. Well, that's the same way we're supposed to be. We love people, but that doesn't mean we're going to put our stamp of approval on you because, well, I'm supposed to love you, so, hey, you're good just the way you are. You know, to be honest, none of us is good just the way we are. We all got to change. No matter, and if you think you're good just the way they are, then that, that's already a problem. You know, that's, that's called pride. <laughs> no, we, we all missed it. We all can get better. We all can come up. We all, if we, we were honest, we have a long way to go. So we don't, have, we don't need to be pointing any fingers at anybody else's problems because we got plenty of work just with us. Well, but then, on the other hand, I don't have to go, well, so you're good. You know, you, you know, somebody else has something that's clearly against the Bible in their life. I don't have to jump and condemn them. I don't have to be uh, mean about it. I don't have to be belligerent. I don't have to step out when they're not asking my opinion and throw it in their face. On the other hand, I don't have to accept it. It's against the word. Love doesn't accept it. In fact, if somebody's doing something that's flat wrong and against the word, it does, it's not love to agree with them. You know, that, that's something that's going to hurt them to go. It's not loving them to go, oh, you're, you're, you're good, buddy. You're good, buddy. You're good. <laughs> and you're about to hit a brick wall. No, that's not love. So love is an acceptance. Love doesn't condone wrong. You know, heard this, this the saying, two wrongs don't make a right. Well, if, if something's wrong and then you, you condone it when it's wrong, that's just another wrong. That doesn't mean it's right. That just means you're both wrong. Love's not a feeling. Love is not, well, I just feel love. But then a different day, I just don't feel love. That's not a, it's not a feeling. Love is a choice to yield to God in the person of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God... Uh, is love, God is love, and if we yield to Him, we're choosing to walk in love. You may not feel like walking in love. In fact, you may feel like getting in somebody's face. You may feel like slapping somebody, but you choose to walk in love. You choose to flow with God. Walking in love is being spiritual. A lot of people have a lot of ideas of what, about what's spiritual. If you do this and that, we can make a list. People have different ideas. A lot of it's just religion. A lot of it's just tradition. True spirituality is walking in love. Think about it. If God is love, the more you're like Him, the more spiritual you are. And the less fleshly you are, the less carnal or natural you are. Walking in love is flowing with the Spirit of God. So walking in love is being spiritual. Always. In every situation... You lining up with God is walking in love, and it's spiritual. It may not be with somebody else's opinion. They may think you're wrong. But if you're, if you're walking according to the Word, according to God, according to the Spirit of God, then that's walking in love. And walking in love is the best thing that you can do for you and for your family. You know, somebody, when, they, when, they, when people hear about love, they're like, oh, okay, you're telling me that i got to just do something, i got to just love other people, and I don't like them, and what you're just going to condemn. Number one, it's not me. We're reading the Word, so let's take people out of it. But when people hear love, they're like, well, this is going to be, this is something I have to do, like religion, like, well, we all know we're supposed to be nicer. I know I'm not there. Okay, I'll try better. I'll try to say it nicer. Try to be less grumpy. I know, I get it, just 
get to the end of the sermon, let's go home, you know, people. Sometimes they get like that, like, I don't need to be beat up. Here's what I want to get over, you know, as we get into this tonight. Walking in love is not about you just doing something to somebody else. It is the absolute best thing you can do for you. Even if you were completely selfish, which is impossible to actually walk in true godly love and still be selfish. Because if you're really walking in love, love love is not selfish. But if you just wanted to take care of yourself, the best way to do it would be to walk in God's love because you would be covering all the bases. It would be working out for you and your family. In other words, it's not something you're doing for somebody else. It it blesses other people, and you're actually doing it to flow with God, so it is a blessing. But it is also really bad not to walk in love. It is actually like taking, just shooting yourself in the foot and everywhere else. I mean, it is just like, you know, hitting yourself in, in the hand with a hammer. It's just like, why are you doing that to yourself? When we don't walk in love, it's like looking at the other person, Drinking poison and expecting them to die. You're, you're thinking, I'm not, I, I don't want to put up with you. You're actually, we're hurting ourselves. Getting out of love, it hurts you. It points you in the wrong direction. Or me, you know, I'm speaking to you. It's all of us, right? It gives place to the devil. Now we're, as we get into, we're not talking about con- condemnation. We're talking about living life. When you start yielding any step out of love, you're actually yielding to the devil and you're setting yourself up to be hurt and to trip up and for uh, the devil to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. This isn't a religious thing. This is the truth. Because any step out of love, what you're yielding to something else. So it's like you're setting the stage for your life to get harder. Satan's subtle. He's crafty. He's tricky. And this is one of the ways he tries to get access. Let's look briefly at a couple of these, a few of these scriptures that uh, we've looked at. Um, But Romans 13, 8, we'll just read this passage here. We need to understand that love is the New Testament commandment for us as Christians. So when it's, it's, the, it's the commandment that, that we are to uh, walk under. So when we get out of love, we're actually going a, a, away from what we're supposed to do. But as we walk, as long as we're walking in love, then we're, we're on the safe path. Let's let, read these uh, briefly. Verse 8 says, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves one another has fulfilled the law. For the, lo- for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness or lie, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. Well, what is love? It's walking with God. It's God's heart. It's what would God do? What would love do? You, you don't need a huge long list. You know, we've read uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. We may or may not get into it again tonight, but um, right now we've already kind of covered, talks about what love is. 
And um, now let's just look at it briefly. Um, can you bring up 1 Corinthians 13, 4? Can you bring it up in the Amplified Classic? We're going to go 4 through 8. First Corinthians uh, 13, 4 through 8. It says we're kind of hooking up with this. It wasn't last week we read it. It was over a month ago. So we'll just, we'll run over it quick. I threw the video person a curveball. So I can't throw a real curveball, but. All right, got it up. Love endures. This is just a, a description of um, Love, but look at these things. It's, it's saying what love does, what God does. What, in every situation, this is what it looks like. Love endures long and is patient and kind, always. Always. Love never is envious nor boils over with jealousy, is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily, is not conceited, arrogant and inflated with pride, it's not rude. Unmannerly, does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us. Does not insist on its own right, rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful or resentful. Takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. This is what love does. So it just covers everything. You, in every situation, if you're walking in love, you're doing these things. It does not rejoice at injustice or unrighteousness, but, re but rejoices when right and truth prevail. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. You see how this is God? There is no such as, oh, I just I can't go on and walk in love, because God's going on. He always has a way out. If we'll hook up with Him, He said, daughter, son, go this way, do this. When we start looking down, go, I just don't know how, then that's not walking in love. We're not hooked up with him. Because he, no matter what's going on in our life, in a situation, love will bear up. Because God, he always has an answer. Always. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. And it endures everything without weakening. Love never fails, never fades out, or becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. That's love. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Love is flowing with God in every situation. If you're walking in love, you're not going to steal from somebody. You know, you're not going to uh, lie to them, etc. Look at James 2 verse 8 real quick. James 2.8, back where we were to, earlier, says, If you really fulfill the royal law according to Scripture, see, called the royal law, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you do well. But if you show partiality, commit sin, and are convicted by the law as transgressors. See, it calls, uh, it calls walking in love the royal law. So, Anything out of love is actually out of our New Testament commandment, okay? Anything out of love is actually disconnecting with God. 
Now, Satan gains access through our mind and flesh. In other words, he tries to get a hook in there in your mind, get you to think on certain things. That's why it's so important to what, what you look at. Because he gets ideas into your mind, and he, he pulls you with those ideas. What, what you yield to with your flesh, he gets you, if he can get a hook in you to, to push you, you know, if your flesh is weak in a certain area, that's how he gets access, tries to get you to, to act, to react there. That's how he gains access to us. And Satan will try to tempt you to get out of love so he has access to you. He, he's trying to get you in a place where he can steal, kill, and destroy. Now, he'll, he'll, set, he'll, he'll make it about the other person or the situation. Get you to act in a way that's out of love, saying they deserve it. They're this. They're that. But when you yield to him, you're not yielding to God. And if we just thought about it like this, it's a trap, and what am I giving up to go down that path. If I, you know, I want to give this person a piece of my mind. I want to get mad. I, I, I want to say something I shouldn't. No, we're yielding. We're not yielding to love now. We're yielding to the devil. And when you start yielding to him, you're not resisting him. And he uses this to hurt people. He, he's trying to use it to get access to our lives. And so when we understand that, when we're tempted, we can, wait a minute, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to give up what I have and, you know, the good things God's given me, I'm not going to let you in so you can start stealing. See, well, if we look at it like that, it changes it from, you're not worth it. I mean, I'm not, it's not worth getting mad at you and going off to yield to Satan so that it puts me in a position where I can get stolen from. It's not godly. It's not the way to, to, to operate on the earth. But I'm actually giving Satan access into my life for him to wreak havoc. Ephesians uh, 4.26, we've been talking about the authority that we have over darkness and victory over darkness on Sundays. And this, what we're talking about tonight, goes right with it. It's a component of it. We have authority over Satan. But when we get out of love and start yielding to something that's not love, we're actually yielding to Him. When we do that, we put ourselves in a position where we're yielding to Him. Now it becomes hard to resist Him because we're yielding to Him. In fact, you can't. And He will then bring condemnation. He will bring guilt and say, you, you didn't act the right way. You said this. You said that. And now you're trying to stand in faith. 
and you're not on as solid ground as you should be. Now, the blood of Jesus will cover, will cleanse, shouldn't say cover, cleanse you from sin. But see, you're already, when you yield to the wrong thing, pride kicks in. When you say the wrong thing, pride will now try to keep you from repenting, from getting back. Because now you said something to somebody, now you got to apologize. Your flesh doesn't want to apologize, just like my flesh doesn't want to apologize. Because what is that? Admitting you're wrong. And for a Christian, admitting you blew it. Admitting you shouldn't have said it. And then, well, what's the alternative? Just keep going, sulk for a while. When you start yielding to that and sulking, you're just fellowshipping with the devil. And where you're thinking, ah, I'm good, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get back on. The more you start sulking, you give Satan access to get you further away to where you don't want to come back. You don't want to repent. Happens with siblings, happens with couples. You know, you get in an argument and you don't want to make up. Why? Because you, you're not wrong. If they come and apologize, fine, but I'm not apologizing. Well, what if neither one wants to apologize? The longer it goes, the more divided you are. And your marriage is being stolen. Your joy is being stolen. You got that go. Your health will, you know, the, what? You, you don't get as much sleep. You start getting worn down. It's, it's an avenue for Satan to steal. But if he can get you lined up with the wrong thing, then he'll push it. He, he's got, a, he's got a, an avenue. He's got a, an opportunity. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. See, it's not a sin to be angry. It's what you do with it. And like we said, love is not, oh, I just put up with everything. That's not love. But there's way to handle it and not handle it. You getting mad and berating somebody and losing your temper, or me, or anybody, you're already stepping into the wrong place. You're yielding to the devil. And here's the thing. Anytime you're out of peace, or I'm out of peace, or anyone's out of peace, we're wrong. If you get out of peace, you're wrong. You're, it doesn't matter what the other person did. The moment you walk out of love and you get out of peace and you get frustrated, you're off. You're yielding to the wrong thing because there's never a time if you're being led by God, you're out of peace. Now, I'm not saying we've all blown it. We've all done it. We're talking about the mechanism and trying to go take a step back and see what's actually going on and how Satan works because he works the same with everybody. You know, you, you, we get to where we think we're justified getting upset. Did, we read 1 Corinthians 13. Love bears up under anything. It's always patient, always kind. There's never a, a, a case where it's pushed to get out of peace and get frustrated and frazzled. Now, it could be very firm. We read, again, not, we're not doing it tonight, but in our last time we, we, we looked at... Uh, illustrations in the Bible with Jesus and others, that they were very firm, they could be forceful, but they didn't step out of love. They were doing what they needed to do, but there's a difference between that and you being beside yourself and, and you losing your temper, or, me, or, or there's other ways, of course, to be out of love. But when, we, when we're yielding 
like that. We're, now we can step into sin. When we step into sin, we've given Satan an avenue. It says, be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. And then it says, nor give place to the devil. Don't give him a place. So we start walking out of love. We go off, we say something, you know, we're going to get really frustrated with somebody. We're giving Satan a place. Nobody in their right mind wants the devil to have a place in their life. But that's what we do. And the more we understand that, the more we can say, as mad as we, you know, we're frustrated we get. We got in an argument with somebody that we love, it's, whether it's our spouse, whether, excuse me, it's our, our children or a friend or a coworker or a business partner. And we get frustrated and we say the wrong thing. Satan is automatically trying to push you. If we understand what's going on, as quick as we can, we'll say, wait a minute, I, I said the wrong thing. Will you forgive me? That takes you putting down your flesh, your pride. But if we realize what's actually going on, Satan's trying to get a foothold. He's trying to get in right now. He's, and, and people will not take this seriously. They say it doesn't matter. That's how people end up you know, doing really uh, unwise things in a flash, they get, they get mad, they'll go off, they do something, they get in their car, the drive, and all of a sudden, something happens that never should have happened because they yielded to their emotion, and Satan took, he, he, when you, get, you yield to your flesh, you are giving him a foothold. And he can drive you by your emotions. All of a sudden, you're doing something, saying something, you destroy a relationship, you say something you shouldn't, and all of a sudden, something that was there for years, you just exploded because... We yielded to the wrong thing. That's his goal for everything. And so walking out of love is not a religious like, well, you know, you should just love. It's like, wait, I'm not playing. He, he's playing for keeps. I'm not yielding. This situation, it's not, worth, it's not worth letting Satan have a foothold in my life. When you think about it like that, it's like, no, 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 that's not worth it. Sorry, I like my life where it is. I know I'm growing. I'm coming up, but I'm not, get, I'm not opening the door and letting you come in. I'm shutting it. James 4, 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Again, we're talking about these things on Sunday. This is right with that. If you're submitting to God... When you're tempted to do something, get out of love, when you submit to God, that's putting yourself back under and saying, sir, yes, sir, never mind. I'm going to do what you said to do. And then, you're in, then you can resist the devil. You say, no, you get out of here. See, he has no foothold. When we start yielding to him and go off, well, I don't care. That person this or that person, I, they shouldn't say that. And I can't believe it. And we, we start getting... Frustrated, we're actually yielding to the devil. See, we're not submitting to God. Now you turn around and try to resist the devil. You're already yielding to the devil. He's already pushing you. We're already going down that path. And like I said, then condemnation comes. He's trying to get us to where we are faithless. It's not just so he can say, goody, goody, I got you to sin. I got you to say the wrong thing. Oh, you're a bad Christian. Just for the sake of it, what he's trying to do is get you condemned, get you guilty, get you so that you have no faith 
toward God. You feel like you don't have any way to believe God because, after all, you blew it. And that, we have to come right back and as quick as possible repent and say, Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up. Please forgive me for that. That was dumb. Now you're back where you need to be. If you need to, need to forgive somebody, need to, to ask for forgiveness, get there and say, I'm sorry. That was just dumb. I, should, I yielded to the wrong thing. You know, Shelly and I learned this a long time ago. You know, people get in close relationships you can say stuff that you shouldn't say. It's easy, and especially the easier, the more close you are with somebody, the easier it is because you know them. It's easy to say the wrong thing. And when you understand that you're yielding to the devil, you can say, you're yielding to something you shouldn't. It's not that you meant everything, but if, if people take everything at face value and go, oh, well, you just hurt me, they can get dro- driven apart for weeks. But if you understand I said the wrong thing, I yielded to the wrong thing, just like everybody has. Now you can just say, oh, I've done that too, and you can get back together quick if people have that understanding. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have let that out of my mouth. That was dumb. Please forgive me. We can get right back, and we keep Satan from having an opportunity in our lives. 1 John 3, verse 13. It says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. See, here's the thing. The Christian has the love of God in their heart. It says that in Romans 5, 5. It says, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So we have the love of God on the inside of us. So we have it. We couldn't say we don't have it. If somebody doesn't have it, then they abide in death. Verse 15 says, whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Well, if we're a Christian, we don't really hate anybody. Our real person doesn't hate anybody. The spirit on the inside, we may be yielding to the wrong thing. But if we were to look on the inside, the love of God's there, and we could flow with that instead. That's being spiritual. Flowing with that, and that will keep us safe. Sometimes you feel like, if you go by feelings, you could feel like, you know, I want to say, I want to do, and we have to differentiate between what's a feeling and what's a heart and side in with a heart. Look at Matthew 5, verse 21. Matthew 5, verse 21, this is Jesus speaking, said, You have heard that it was said of those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Now this seems harsh. But if you understand what's going on, uh, you realize 
that this is playing and yielding to the devil. See, when it says uh, in verse 22, I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of judgment. The second part, whoever says to his brother, Raka, that, that means literally like empty head. We would say idiot. You know, empty head, you don't have anything in there. Well, idiot, moron, those are, those are levels actually of intelligence, and people have used it as a derogatory t- term. And that's what it's actually saying. And that seems harsh, like, what? But that's what it's saying. You say, when somebody's going, idiot, moron, that's so common, and we've all done it. I'm not going to stand up here and tell you I've never done it. But what he's saying is, what are you yielding to when you do that? That's the wrong spirit. That's not love. And so then it says, uh, whoever says, you fool. Ever said that? You fool in, a, in, a, you know, in this way shall be da- in danger of hellfire. What's going on? You're taking a step and not walking in love. Well, you're yielding to Satan. See, people get, you know... Well, idiot's not bad. I could think of a lot worse words to say. That's what people... See, they're thinking, you know, if you're really cussing at them, you could really, you know, rip... The degree, it's all the same thing. When you step out and start yielding to to something that's not love... It's the same thing whether you, you say darn or you say damn. Damn's in the Bible. What, what does damn mean? It means no good. But people say, well, it's not the same thing if it's darn. It's the same, it's, it's the same direction. It's the same, it's the same uh, step. It's, yield, it's giving Satan a foothold. It's the sentiment behind it. It's out of love. And it's not a condemnation thing like, well, see, we get this idea. I mean, this is the Bible we're reading, right? I'm right. What I believe is right. So I can say stuff about this person or whatever because they're obviously, what, an idiot, moron, believe something? Like we can, we have, we can say it and we're okay because basically we're right. But that attitude and that action is actually yielding to the devil and allowing him a foothold in our life. And he just goes around and pushes people around left and right. And what we need to realize, it's, Satan will try to convince you it's about the other person. I, you know, they are wrong, so clearly what you're speaking is truth. They are an idiot. They are stupid. That, is this true or not? So you, even as a Christian, knowing the truth, are justified saying stuff. That doesn't change this verse. That doesn't change. When, when we start stepping into that, we are actually yielding to something out of love, and we have to understand we're actually giving the devil a foothold. So even if you really thought that person 
It doesn't change. I mean, maybe they're not doing the smartest thing. You stepping in is making it your problem. Does that, does that make sense? You, you, are, it, it, you are setting yourself there and yielding to Satan. Now he's got a foothold. Instead of walking in love, and like we said, love is not condoning. Love is not acceptance. Love is not a doormat. Love is not mamby-pamby. But love can be very forceful. It can be assertive. But stepping into this kind of stuff where you're going to judge a person, where you're, now you're stepping out of love. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be in that situation. That's how Satan gets to us. And he'll tell you, well, it doesn't, I mean, you're right, and make you feel justified. He's a con. It'd be much better just to stay on God's side and just walk with him, be like, well, I'm going to believe God. I'm not, I'm not getting out of love with you. It's not worth it. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm staying on God's side. Now Satan tries to get at you, say, oh, no, you don't. Get out of here. See, people have made that a religion thing, like, well, you've got to walk in love. So, no, it's just sense when you understand spiritually what's going on. Not, not letting you have a chance. No, my family, my health, my finances, my spiritual well-being is too important to let you have anything to do with it. I'm walking in love, and I'm staying strong and secure. I'm going to sidestep anything you try to throw at me. You're trying to get me to give you access. I will not do it. And what happens if we mess up? We, we, we do yield. We, as quick as possible... We get back on. We say, Lord, that was wrong. Forgive me. If you have to say it to somebody else, that was wrong. Forgive me. You get up and you go on and get it right and, and be in the right place. Because this is not a cosmic religious game. This is not about being condemned for doing the right or wrong thing. This is about Satan trying to gain access so that he can steal. Whether you believe it or not, the word tells us it's true. And we have an enemy, so we have to play and not play, but we have to behave according to reality. It's not a religious idea. We have an enemy that will try to take any foothold he can. So we want to walk in love. We want to walk in line with God's word. When we do that, we are staying strong and secure, doing what we're supposed to do, and we can resist Satan, and he's got to go. Not because we're so holy. If we miss it, we just plead the blood of Jesus, we get right back, we repent. And if we have to do that a hundred times, we get up and do it. But we don't stop and go, well, no, I, I don't care, I'm done this time. The minute we start going down that unrepentant place, just chalk it, we're giving Satan a foothold, and we cannot afford that. Amen. God is good, and He's faithful. He is in us. As Christians, He's poured out His love in us. It's there. It's a choice to yield. And the more we yield, the easier it gets. And the stronger we can walk. Amen. Let's pray.